We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so Sean, next game you wanted to hit on. Mm-hmm. We want to hit on number two, Ohio State traveling to Penn State to Happy Valley, Sean. This one's interesting. Penn State ranked number 13 in the country. They did not look good recently against the University of Michigan and when they played, uh, which was a very disappointing game because I actually picked Penn State to win that football game, unfortunately. But now they have a chance at redemption at another top five team in the country. They get to play Penn State and to, uh, sorry, they get to play Ohio State. And from from what I've heard, they are it's a whiteout game for Penn State. So Penn State's going to be up. They're going to be rocking. You know that place gets pretty loud. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think Ohio State comes into the game with a lot of confidence. Like I mean, even when they've had some spurts of eh play offensively they've still been able to score a ton of points because they have cj stroud they have a great wide receiver group even without even though uh even though uh, jack smith and jigba can't stay healthy they still have marvin harrison jr they still have a mecca who's a fantastic player really good ohio state offense as it seems like it is every year and their defense has been very improved so far this year which has been nice to see you know, hats off to the defensive coordinator, done a tremendous job in his first year. So Ohio State has looked good. Penn State has been a mixed bag. Some games should buy into them a little bit, and others they fall flat on their face. I mean, what was that Michigan game? What was that 40 to 13 or some some yeah. garbage score like that? Like it was just not great. We've seen spurts of Nicholas Singleton offensively being a fantastic running back. Katron Allen, another run running back that's been very good. Parker Washington's a talented receiver. Offense line has been pretty good. It's just quarterback is a limiting factor. I keep saying limiting factor. Quarterback is a limiting factor for Penn State sometimes, and their defense did not come up to play against the Wolverines. So, Sean, I'm working with you first here. Actually, before we do, let me just go through a couple of the picks from our staff other than Sean and myself. Brian Driscoll, the publisher at Irish Breakdown, had Ohio State winning this game 34-20. to Vince D'Addario, the football analyst here, had Ohio State winning 45-20. to Big win there for Ohio State. Not me and not Sean. We'll get there in a second. Andrew McDonough also, 44-20. to Big-time victory. And Sean Styers had Ohio State winning 48-28. to So, Sean, everybody pretty much is predicting blowouts. It looks like you have a little bit of a different picture in this football game, though. What do you feel like? Is this what's this game going to look like? And give us your game prediction for the Ohio State traveling to Penn State game. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee, and I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash Irish. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. Well, I think one of the things that has kind of kept James Franklin employed is that 2018 game, right? And the fact that Ohio State has had a tough time, whether it was Urban Meyer or Ryan Day, the Ohio State offense has had a tough time with the Penn State defense. And it's strictly because Penn State, from a secondary standpoint, is very physical, very long, and more than likely can line up against that wide receiver core at Ohio State better than anybody else in the Big Ten. Most people forget Vince and I did a show early in the season last year, and I said Penn State's going to be the toughest game for Ohio State. And Vince said, yeah, I said, yes. Look at their defensive backfield. They match up better than anybody else in the Big Ten because they're big and they're physical. And then you watch Jaquan Brisker, like I get to watch each week up here with the Bears, and I say, yeah, it was that guy on the back end that made things go. John, I was I was petitioning for Jaquan Brisker to go in the late first round last year, man. I Ooh, loved Jaquan Brisker. I was right there with you. I was right yeah. there with you. So when he slipped and they were able to get him, I'm like, yo, you got a fantastic guy. Him and, and the other kid from Baylor. Those are the two safeties that I was like, J- yo. Jalen Petrie. Jalen Petrie. Yeah. Yeah. But getting back to this game, simply Ohio State has been plagued they haven't, they've been able to win the games. Last year, they put the game away because they kept trying to pass the ball. They couldn't find success. And eventually, in the fourth quarter, they were forced to go to Travion Henderson. He had great success, and they closed the game out. And that was with Sean Clifford playing one of his worst games. Tough game, but he had some key turnovers in that game that allowed scoring opportunities to get away from him. Now, the Nittany Lions don't exactly have the same wide receiver core that they had last year. But Singleton in that running game, if Penn State can run the ball, it's going to be a problem, right? And Sean Clifford, you can say what you want to say about him. He has performed much better as a quarterback this year, except for that Michigan game where they struggled on the road. Now they get Ohio State at home, and historically, Ohio State has struggled at Penn State, maybe not from a win standpoint, but offensively, what they do to others, 
They're not able to do on the road at Penn State, and they're not able to do it even in Ohio Stadium to Penn State. So I have Ohio State winning the game, but I haven't, as Lee Corso would say, much closer than the experts think. <laughs> it's interesting, man. And I, I think that it's a lot of great points, right? Penn State, Joey Porter Jr. in that crew in the back end, they do have a lot of physicality It's at cornerback. They got J.R. Brown back there, who's also a six foot two safety. So they have a lot of size in this secondary for sure. They also have a couple of decent pass rushers, man. Chop Robinson, who is a transfer, I think from – can't remember where he came from. But he's a transfer <laughs> that's now playing good ball for them. Adisa Isaac is a good pass rusher for, for Penn State as well. So they have a couple pieces defensively. It's just been a little bit sporadic, their success running the football – I mean, uh, playing defense this year. And, I mean, ultimately, Sean, I – think I, I'm leaning towards what the rest of the staff picked in this one. I actually did pick 38 to 17 in favor of Ohio State. And it's mostly because I just don't trust Sean Clifford. I know he's had some good football games, some big moments where I'm like, okay, he's 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 having a solid football game. But I really yeah. do think separator is yeah. CJ Stroud versus Sean Clifford, right? Like that's yeah. that's it for me. You know, I, I do think that it's gonna be tough sledding early, but I think when Mayan Williams gets rolling a little bit when Travian Henderson starts getting rolling. The running game starts getting going for Ohio State, and then yeah. they get some play action shots off of that. Then you start getting the Mecca Buka in space a little bit, let him do some run after catch. And then, you know, I, I although Joey Porter Jr. is playing fantastic football, if I'm playing one on one with Marvin Harrison Jr., I think I still think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to win his fair share of reps, obviously, yeah. right? So I think Ohio State's defense has been playing really well. So give me. Give me Ohio State in a big one this weekend. 38-17 to 17 is what I have the score being. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, though, Sean, because, I could, I mean, again, you're in Happy Valley. It's a whiteout game. There's a good running game for Penn State. Could they conceivably play tougher than what I'm giving them credit for? Absolutely. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But it's just Sean Clifford, man. Like, that's, that's the sticky point for me. I just don't trust Sean Clifford. Just don't, just don't. I oh, just can't. You're, talking, you're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> Everybody on the IB staff will tell you, I have, man, I took every moment I could to dog Sean Clifford last year. I was just like, oh, dude, when are you going to improve? And we just haven't seen it. So, you know, like I said, he played a good game last year. He played a really good game, but he had a key turnover and a couple of bad decisions and clutch moments that didn't allow Penn State to take advantage of opportunities they had to put more points on the board against Ohio State. It's as simple as that. I expect the same opportunities in this matchup, the same opportunities. And once again, the size and physicality of the Penn State secondary is going to be – I don't think they're the best. I think when they face Illinois in a couple of weeks, that's going to be a secondary that could probably line up. They have two of the top 10 rated cornerbacks in all of the country. So according to PFF, so that goes without saying, but still you go, it was 17, 17, right? Michigan and Penn state in the third quarter. 17, 17. And then all of a sudden they just, they just bullied Penn state. It wasn't like they threw the ball on Penn. They just bullied them in the running game. Ryan Day will not bully anybody. Right? You know Ryan Day wants to throw the ball all over the place. Now, when push comes to shove in the fourth quarter, yes, he'll go to the running game. But Ryan Day wants to throw the ball. And why wouldn't you? You got Marvin Harrison Jr. You got Abuka. Heck, yeah. It doesn't matter if, if 11 plays, he plays. If he doesn't. When you have those two guys on the outside, of course you want to throw the ball. So I get it. So it might be up to Ryan Day how this game turns out. If he goes pass happy in that environment, he might keep Penn State in the game. If he (laughs) mixes things up and he uses both his running backs and goes for the big plays, it could be a blowout, right? It could, could be. We'll see. Crazy things happen in this matchup especially at Penn State, I mean, against Ohio State when they're in uh, Happy Valley. Just crazy things happen. Any Ohio State fan will honestly tell you that. When they go into Happy Valley, 
the craziest things happen, and it's always a close game. So, yep. Well, I mean, for the state for the sake of entertainment show, and I hope it is a closer game than what I'm anticipating. I hope you're right. I hope it's a really close football game, a good football game, because I mean, that's as a person that doesn't have a rooting interest in that football game, right? Like, I don't care who wins. It'd be nice yeah. to just see a good football game. That's what I want to see in any game yeah. that doesn't matter to me. I want to see a good football game. Even in Notre Dame, I want to see a good football game, but even more like, I don't care who wins that football game. I don't care what the back and forth looks like. Just want to see entertainment right for, out of the football game. So you know I mean, interesting one. That's the big game of the week for sure. We're going to have some other games that are live on the site. I've just checked in. Not all of them are live as far as the full staff score predictions, but make sure to check out irishbreakdown.com for the rest of the score predictions. We're going to go, Sean, to the, another one of this. This is a top 25 matchup. We have number nine, Oklahoma State, facing off against number 22, Kansas State, in this football game. Despite Kansas State being the underdog, the home team is favored in this football game, Sean. So Oklahoma State enters, although being a top 10 ranked team in the country right now, they are the underdog away at Kansas State. Interesting football game. Kansas State, last week, if you watched their football game against TCU, they had Adrian Martinez went out on the first drive. Will Howard got banged up during that football game as well. You saw their third-string quarterback. Will Howard eventually came back in. But Will Howard actually had a lot of success on the TCU defense, which is why they were bleeding for a a large portion of that football game until ultimately – and this is what I predicted on the show last week. I thought it was going to be a kind of a – I thought TCU was going to be working from behind or at least working close, and I thought the TCU skill position players were going to kind of be the separator. And ultimately – they were to to a large degree, right? Like the Quinton Johnsons yeah. of the world, Kendra Millers, Max Duggan had a good football game. So they come off of a, a tough loss, but they host an Oklahoma State team who's been good in spurts, but then also has dropped, you know, a, a close one recently. And they've just been a little bit up and down, including giving up forty four points the first week to uh, Central Michigan, who came back a little bit on them, even though they they won the football game. So they have Spencer Sanders, who's been much better at quarterback this year. We've also seen their defense still be good, not quite as good as they were last year, but Oklahoma State still has good pass rushers. They still have some guys defensively. So, Sean, let me get your vibe on this game because I actually don't know what you predicted in this one since it's not live on the on the site yet. Oklahoma State, number nine, at number 22, Kansas State. What's your pulse on this football game? I have Oklahoma State 34, Kansas State 30. And I think Kansas State, the flow of the game you spoke about, I just think other than a tremendous comeback from TCU, Oklahoma State has been a really solid team this year. They've been a really solid team. And like you said, man, Spencer Sanders has really elevated his game. And I don't know where you might have him, you know, as far as draftable commodities at the quarterback position, but I think he's elevated his draft stock this year. He's been efficient. He's been a leader. He has Presley and all the other playmakers. They're just a talented team. I don't think they've run the ball as good as they might have wanted to run the ball. I don't think they particularly stopped anything, run or pass, as well as they anticipated coming to the season. And you just talked about that. But I just believe in the offense. Like, whatever the game is late, Spencer Sanders is going to make the necessary plays to pull this one out. And, like, look, Manhattan is just – Manhattan is that place in the Big 12. I think every conference has that place or that stadium where just weird things happen. Teams come in and it's like they they leave with L's. Like it might be LSU and the SEC, you know, when it comes to the the Pac-12, you know, it used to be Utah. I don't know with Utah being a much better team now. I don't know if it's viewed as the same way. Uh, The Big 10. Craziest thing, I'm telling you, the craziest <laughs> things happen in Happy Valley. They just do. The crazy that stadium is something you go you go in and games just happen to go into nine overtimes and Illinois comes out with a 16-13 win. The craziest things happen in that stadium, and Manhattan is that for the Big 12. So yeah. I expect a close game, but I really, really like the playmakers outside and Spencer Sanders at quarterback ultimately. 
It's it's a good call, Sean. We actually have Brandon Plesner who asked, is Adrian Martinez going to be out due to injury concussion protocol? I got Oklahoma State because of the Kansas State quarterback uncertainty. Brandon, that definitely goes into my 35-27, uh, my 35-27 prediction in favor of Oklahoma State because I don't know if Adrian Martinez, I don't think I haven't seen an announcement anywhere on it. So yeah. I don't know if he's a game time decision or if he's out for this week. But regardless, whether it is Adrian Martinez or it is Will Howard, I think that Oklahoma State has the advantages for game for one big thing Sean mentioned. Sean, it's funny, man. For the previous four years, I or three years, I guess. I was very like, man, Spencer Sanders is so talented, but like you never know what he's going to do, right? Like it's like yeah. volatile. Like he would just right. have this random game or he'll have five touchdowns. The next game will throw four interceptions. Like he's like right. that dude, you know, and it drives right. you absolutely crazy because he's a good athlete. He's got a cannon for an arm, really talented thrower. And this year he's still been up and down at points, but he's been much more consistent compared to what he has been throughout his career. So I think that's the separator for me as well, is that I think Kansas State has a couple good pass rushers, you know, like Felix uh, Anudike Uzama is a good football player. He really is. But I think that this team is going to struggle a little bit against the dual threat option, like we saw them struggle a little bit with Max Duggan last week. So I think that's the separator. I also have Oklahoma State winning this football game. I think Spencer Sanders has a good game in this one, 35-27. Oklahoma State, I mean, Kansas State's one of those teams that even when they lose, they seem to play quality football. You know, yeah. like they're not, they're not never a team that's gonna just be fully out of it, but they're never gonna be a team that's gonna blow anybody out for the most part. Like this is a, just a good solid team that plays a methodical style, you know, like Adrian Martinez is a great runner if he plays. Deuce Vaughn is Deuce Vaughn's one of the most underrated running backs in college football, man. That kid is mm-hmm. lightning in a bottle. But Lake Knowles yeah. is a pretty talented wide receiver they have. So they have some guys, but they're more yeah. of a methodical offense than they are of a, hey, we're going to drop 50 on you today, right? Yeah. Like they're not that type of team. So give me Oklahoma State, again, only a one-score game in my in my prediction as well. So we both see it being a pretty competitive and tough football game. But yeah. give me Oklahoma State in this one. Should be a fun one, though. I'm excited about that one. Same here. They force you to beat you. They force you to beat them. Simple, simple equation for them. It really is. Speaking of not fun to uh, to predict, Sean, and this is not fun because I think this is a little bit of a one-sided affair. We have unranked Florida going in to the University of Georgia, number one team in the country. And look, I know Georgia's been a little up and down, right? Like they didn't look great against Kent State, and they've looked uh, just a, a little – not, you know, they unimpressive in a couple outings, you know, pretty recently compared to what they were early on in the year. But for me, and then I'm going to kick it to you afterwards. I had this one being a 34 to 16 game, Georgia's mm-hmm. advantage, where I don't even think it's like, I think it's one of the games where like it, the score isn't even as close as it honestly was. You know what I mean? Like, I think this is a separating game for Georgia. I'm just not, it's most, this is more of a, this is more a statement on Florida than it is on Georgia. Right, because Georgia is a good football team. Right? I mean, a very good football team. They have good, really nice elements as far as a good offensive line. Stetson yep. Bennett doesn't kill you. He's a good operator in in what he is asked to do in the offense. They have a couple nice running backs defensively. They have dudes like they always have dudes. I mean, it's not quite as silly as it was last year, but it's still pretty silly how much defensive talent is on Georgia. But Florida, I mean, we're seeing warts, right? Like we are. It's just. Defensively, they're inconsistent. Offensively, offensive line isn't great. Anthony Richardson, at times, I want to buy into so bad as like the next big riser in the quarterback draft class, but then he'll come back to reality and throw three interceptions and just be very up and down. So it's hard to bet on him right now, even though I want to so bad. So give me Georgia in a little bit of a one-sided affair. Uh, do you see this game slowly, Sean? Do you see it differently? What is What's your pulse on this football game? Well, you point to Kent State and Missouri, right? Which Georgia, yes, Missouri's you know, the big one. Missouri's the big one, yeah. They struggled and eventually came back to win those games. And I look at Georgia and I just think, you know, as much as they lost to the NFL draft, specifically on defense, you had to expect that when you bring in a new group, even though that they would look good early from a talent standpoint, they were going to have to face some adversity. They were going to have to see who they really were when teams figure out how they can go at them I think you saw that. 
a little bit in those games. Kent State did a great job scheming certain things up and giving Georgia all they can handle between the hedges. And then they went on the road against Missouri and probably came out flat, probably didn't properly respect Missouri in that game. And then when they were ready to turn it on, they got physical, the run game, and then, you know, just pretty much leaned on their two tight ends in the passing game. And they dominated and were able to secure the victory. So, like you said, Richardson and this matchup, this just isn't a good matchup for Florida, right? If they can run the ball, maybe they can hang around. But once again, listen to what I just said. If they can run the ball against Georgia, huh, huh. They couldn't run the ball against Kentucky at home. So you think they're about to run the ball against Georgia? Good luck with that. Richardson is going to make a couple of mistakes, probably turn the ball over a couple of times. Mm-hmm. That young secondary for Georgia continues to get better. And the front seven continues to grow. And, you know, we're, we'll see Georgia in the, in the championship game down there in the Georgia Dome. That's pretty much – no, wait a minute. They face Tennessee? Do they face Tennessee on that schedule? I have to check. I'm not 100% sure. Not 100% sure. Let me see. Let's see football schedule. I think it's coming up. Yeah. Next week. Are they playing next? Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, next that's a big week. one. Yeah. Yep. So yep. Next week is a huge weekend of football. So I believe next week is LSU and Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So yeah. It's yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee at Georgia, man. That's dude. You want to talk about a great week of college football? You got Notre yeah. Dame, Clemson. You got Tennessee, Georgia. That is a yeah. slate, sir. That is yeah. nice, man. That's gonna be fun. That's, That's gonna, gonna be. be really- We're gonna have some problems trying to pick those games. I can tell you. <laughs> wow, man. Speaking of man, if Tennessee comes out of this gauntlet, Sean, with a uh, you know unscathed after beating Alabama and, and going into Georgia, man, that would be mm-hmm. wow. They have a chance yeah. to really really assert their their footprint on this season, man. Because, I mean, if they beat Georgia next week, I mean, they're sitting at number three. They, they definitely be number one after that week. Like, there'd be no doubt. You beat Alabama, yeah. you beat Georgia. Like, yeah. that would be yeah. insane. I'm, I'm excited to talk about that one next week because that is yeah. – that's going to be interesting. I feel like that's one where our staff's going to be a little split too, yeah. you know, because it's like the momentum of Tennessee versus the defending national champ. Like, it's a little bit give or take on that right. one, which is going to be – I just I think Kirby's going to be smart enough not to leave his safeties on Jalen. Uh, <laughs> I think Kirby's going to be able to watch film and say, "Okay, that's not happening to us." I, I don't know, Sean. Uh, man, people just keep doing it to Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt. Man, they're like, "Oh, safety, you got him in the slot, right? You got him." <laughs> no, <laughs> no one has him. No one has him. <laughs> Oh man, talk! You want to talk about a draft riser, Jalen Hyatt? Man, I mean, all of a sudden we're hearing about him more and more. I mean, there's people that legitimately think he's going to run in the high four twos, like he's that type of athlete, apparently. So he's definitely fast. He's yes, definitely he's fast. very fast. <laughs> there's no question. Yes, because Notre Dame could have had him, but I'll keep yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Well, that's another conversation for a different day. <laughs> Ask the Marco Hellums from uh, Al- uh, Alabama, who's a really talented safety, by the way. Ask him how fast Jalen Hyatt is. He will, uh, he'll verify that for you. He's pretty, pretty darn fast. Sean, next game. This one's fun, and I was happy that you were on the show with me today to talk about this one, sir. Because this, I never thought I would say this. Number seventeen, Illinois, heads into this game at Nebraska. Illinois has just been on a tear, man, playing tremendous defense. You mentioned the secondary earlier. I'm going to reiterate how good the secondary is because you got the De- uh, Devin Witherspoon at one corner who, if people in draft circles don't know him quite yet, he is a potential top 100 pick this April. Like He's a very, very good football player. I don't know his name, but number seven is a crazy athletic free safety that I just got eyes on a little bit. The linebackers are good football players. Tariq Barnes, I know, has done pretty well for, for, for Illinois this year. But the defensive line, man, has some dudes. Keith Randolph Jr., Jerzon Newton, who's one of the best pass-rushing defensive tackles in college football. Illinois' defense is legit, legit this year. And they have one of the best running backs in college football, too, Chase Brown. I almost forgot about Sidney Brown in the secondary as well, his twin brother, right? So the Brown brothers, they've been doing tremendous, man. Really talented team, this Illinois team, especially defensively. This is a big game, Sean, because Nebraska has, you know, Mickey Joseph as their – who has 
who's their interim head coach now, who they've actually looked a lot better since Scott Frost left, right? Like they've yeah. been competitive at least. Like they've been playing better football than they were before, before, uh, before he was he was let go. And but Illinois answers this game as the clear favorite, seven and a half point favorites. I actually thought it would be a little bit more, even though they're away at Nebraska. Sean, I, I I don't know if it's fair to ask you who you're picking in this football game because I think I know the answer, but what do you think are some of the keys to victory potential for Illinois, and how do you see this game playing out a little bit? I'm scared to death, Ryan. Oh, oh no. I got to keep it a buck. I'm scared to death because this team knows what they have in front of them that's matchups with Purdue, who's right behind them in the Big Ten West, and a matchup with Ohio State. They know what's in front of them. They know November holds the two biggest games of the season to solidify a trip to the Big Ten Championship, which would be huge for Brett Bielema and his program in his second season. But it goes back to this defense. Like, as much in the coaching. This is just a well-coached team. So I don't worry about them being prepared on the road. What worries me is those darn East Coast quarterbacks on our roster. That's it, Ryan. That's it. No disrespect because, you know, one is from New Jersey. They scared me to death. They were the reasons we lost to Indiana on the road, which was a horrible loss. And they could be the reason that Nebraska stays in this game because the defense is going to show up, right? Uh, You talk about the Smith kid, number seven, with Brown and the safeties. They're underrated. They're not talked about a lot because of Witherspoon and the cornerbacks. And then you have the, the rotation they have in the front four. It's absolutely crazy. Then you have Khalil Barnes at linebacker, number eight. This is just a young, developing Illinois team that has an identity. Once again, they don't care. They're going to play man to man. They're going to play single high, and they're going to pressure the quarterback. And if you have enough time to hang in there and make plays, you make some plays. They make some plays, and they'll live with that along with the running game. So I think the Browns have a great day, the Twins. One Brown gets a pick and has about eight tackles, and the other Brown continues to be the best running back in the nation. Illinois wins this game, and I think they win it, win it pretty handily, running away late in the game by double digits. Yep, and I just wanted to to answer something in the chat, Sean, because I just want to defend your Illinois team for a second. Crazy Boy said Illinois is not playing stellar defense. They're playing Big Ten West teams with terrible offenses. Sir, sir. Wait a minute. Sir, Wait a minute. sir. <laughs> you probably think Syracuse is going to be hard to play because they're giving up 13 points and they have one of the best pass defenses at 107 yards, but who have they played? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we can't pick and choose who we want to get credit to. You can't. Illinois, I mean, Sean, I mentioned the guys. Like, there is several NFL players on this defense, and I don't care who you're playing. You're still playing a power – you're playing in a power five conference. You're letting up eight points a game. You've given up two touchdown passes and have 12 interceptions. You're giving up 2.8 yards per carry. I don't care who you're playing, man. Big Ten West, Big Ten East. I don't give, I don't give a damn, if I'm being honest, man. They the numbers speak for themselves. They are single hand, and in some games where you mentioned Tommy DeVito and Archer Satowski as not very good quarterbacks, there are some games where Illinois' offense does not help very much, right? And their oh. defense still does their thing. So yes, it is a very good defense for Illinois, one of the best defenses in college football. You can't you can't hate on them just because their offense doesn't help them all the time. But still, though, letting up less than ten points a game in this era. This era of college football, letting up less than three yards to carry in this era of college football, two touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Is that a good ratio, Sean? That's six to one interceptions to touchdowns, sir. Sounds sir. pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still pretty good, man. It's pretty good. Pretty it good, sounds man. like, you know, in the same breath, he says Michigan is stellar. Who will they play? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like you, people want to pick and choose how they view things, and how they view schedules. Yes. No one in the Big Ten has really played anyone, and we're going to leave it at that. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, well, we'll leave the conversation there. I also think Illinois is going to come out with the victory. I do think it's going to be a little tougher. than I think the final score is going to be a little close because I do think Nebraska is playing better football. And yeah. I don't I, I don't think that you just – okay. I'm Sorry, I'm reading the chat. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like Illinois – I would take several Illinois defensive players over Michigan's defensive players this year. I would. I would. Sorry. Sorry. There's no corner on Michigan that's as good as Devin Witherspoon this year. There's not – there's not, there's no defensive lineman on Michigan right now that is as good as Jerzon Newton. There's just not. It's they're not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we'll leave it there. I think that it's gonna be a close football game, but I think Illinois wins out because I think that their defense is just a little bit too much for Nebraska to handle at the end. All right. All right, Sean. So let's move on to a different game. We have people that just want to clown for whatever reason in the chat. I'm, I'm about to throw people in timeout here for a second. Michigan State at number four, Michigan. Michigan, stellar team, Sean. They're real stellar, man. Number four team in the country. Yeah, they, were stellar. they were stellar coming off of that Ohio State win, and then they faced Georgia. And what yeah. happened? So we can talk all that stellar talk. You need to play somebody. You yeah. don't know who you are. You play somebody. So the same thing you're applying to Illinois, apply it to everyone else. Don't just believe, oh, we can we can tell. I saw you said we can tell by watching. Go watch Illinois secondary. Mm-hmm. That's an NFL secondary. Doesn't yes. matter who they play. You can tell by watching. Ryan, do you get paid to scout for the NFL? I do. I do. Okay, so yeah. what do you think about the, the secondary of Illinois? All I'll say is I've done some. I do some consulting for agents in the uh, in the NFL sphere, and I have recommended Devin Witherspoon to every single agent that I work with. <laughs> so we'll just put it like that, man. He's a he's a good football player. He's a good football player. I mean, that just is what it is. It's funny it's how we pick and choose how we want to choose to apply certain things to certain yeah. teams, but we won't do it to the other team. Yeah, and let's just use it in a vacuum, man. Like like I, I'm a. I'm a big film guy, obviously, Sean, but I'm also like, okay, let if I if I put all the players on Michigan's defense into a bucket and I put all the Illinois players in the bucket, my mind goes to which players would I pick at what position, right? And I think that I would pick more Illinois players this year than I would pick Michigan players, if I'm being completely honest. And it's not to discredit Michigan. Michigan's a good team. I'm not discrediting Michigan. I'm just saying, why are we discrediting Illinois' defense, though? I just – I don't know. Whatever. All right. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. I saw a couple people were also in the chat asking where Brian Driscoll is today. So I, I should have led off with this. Brian's not feeling the best today, and he's going to be traveling to Syracuse. So he's got a couple things that he's taking care of, and he's going to be traveling to Syracuse. He has like a seven-and-a-half-hour drive. I have about a four-hour drive. So after the show, I'll be heading out to Syracuse as well. But that's why Brian Driscoll's not with us. But you all get me and Sean today. So how can you not be happy? Right, Sean? How can you not be happy? Hey, we're the buns of the week. We had us on Monday. You get us yeah. on Friday. That's true, man. Yeah, yeah. And then me and Brian were uh, sandwiched in the middle. So that's a it's a weird weird visual that I'm getting right now. But let's move on. Oh, Mich- Michigan State at Michigan, which I already introed a little bit. Number four team in the country. Michigan State has struggled this year, obviously, after being very good last year. But we've seen a key- couple key departures really be significant losses for them, namely Kenneth Walker. The third, who's the stellar running back that transferred over from Wake Forest and did very well in his lone season at Michigan State. They are 23-point underdogs in this game, Sean. So Vegas is not giving Michigan State much of a chance here. Do they have a chance? What do you see in this football game, or does Michigan run away with this? And, I, I mean, can, can you add in at the end whether you think they're going to cover the 23-point spread? Because that is a massive spread. 
Mm, they'll come close. This could be the laugher of the week, you know, because really you go watch the last matchup they had. Michigan was dominating for a vast majority of that game until Kenneth Walker got loose. And we're seeing now how good Kenneth Walker really was on the NFL level. Like you're watching him with the Seahawks and you're like, oh, snap. Okay, so you were really that dude for Michigan State. They don't have that guy anymore. So I really don't see any way Michigan State can keep this close from a point. I mean, they they just don't have any firepower. And, of course, the Michigan passing game really has not shown the ability, other than making big plays here and there, to being consistent. So, you know, they really don't – they have the weapons to go with that Michigan State secondary, which is just continues to be porous under Mel Tucker, a defensive guy, which I'm not sure why he hasn't figured that out yet. But this could be the blowout of the bunch. Like, but once again, it's a rivalry game, man. Yep. Like, we've seen Michigan State as a heavy underdog against Michigan in Michigan Stadium make it close and take it into the fourth quarter. I don't see it happening that way this year, but strange things can happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, and apparently the word of the day is stellar, as Robert Bishop reminds me. Robert, I'm sorry, man. It was just on the tip of my mind. It's a great word. I mean, stellar. It, it just makes me feel of think of stellar. quality, right? And we yeah. haven't seen all stellar play this year <laughs> as Notre Dame fans. So, you know, I'll take the stellar where I can get the stellar, all right? Next game, Sean, because I agree with you. I, I, I hate to pick Michigan in this game, but I just – Michigan State has regressed so much. They obviously miss Ken- Kenneth Walker there Defense was not great last year. Their secondary is still bad. And Peyton Thorne has taken a massive step back as a quarterback this year. He just does not look very good. So I'm going to take Michigan because I think Michigan has things rolling from a run game perspective. I think J.J. McCarthy is going to start to get more and more comfortable. I know he wasn't incredible the last time we saw him, but I think that he has obviously all the traits. And the Michigan defense is a very good defense. Stellar, one might say. So give me Michigan in this one. Covering the 23 that's tougher. That's tougher for me. I will say, (laughs) I would take those. I I would say Michigan, Michigan state covers the points barely, but it's still not, it's still a decisive victory for Michigan state. 23 is a lot of points, man. It's a lot of points in college football. That's a lot of points in football. That combination of corn, corn and Edwards is. Yes. It's pretty. It's pretty impressive. I mean, they ran for, dude. They ran for 160 something quorum, and then 170 with uh, Edwards in one game against Penn State. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not bad, man. It's not bad. Last game before we get into some upset picks, Sean, because I have made an executive decision here at Irish Breakdown. Executive decision that we're not going to talk about USC at Arizona. I'm not. Not doing it. Not doing it. It's an ugly game. I don't like it. We're going to end with Pittsburgh at number 21, North Carolina. Sean, a surprising game this week, okay? Because Pittsburgh has historically played really good defense. Offensively, this Israel Abikinda, this running back, man, has done a tremendous job for Pittsburgh this year. And But they're heading into UNC where UNC has been playing some pretty good football since they lost to Notre Dame. And quarterback Drake May continues to stay hot. They have a lot of weapons with Josh Downs now back healthy. Antoine Green, other senior wide receiver who had those two long touchdowns against Notre Dame. A couple nice tight ends for for North Carolina as well. And Bryson Nesbitt and Kamari Morales. Defense has been a little bit better. Yeah. So I'm a little confused at why this is only a three-point game. North Carolina at home is only uh, three-point favorite, Sean. I feel like if I had to bet this game, I would take North Carolina, even with yeah. those points, to win this yeah. football game. But for some reason, Vegas is going to keep the things that Pittsburgh is going to keep this close. What's your vibe on this one? People believe in the Pitt defense. And for good reason. It's talented. They, they believe, yeah. Yeah. They believe in the Pitt defense. And, you know, Pitt, I mean, Pitt has some 
pretty good. They played West Virginia. That's a good litmus test. Uh, they played Tennessee and played Tennessee very well. So that's a good litmus test. So I think people uh, think highly of Pitt based upon who they've played. Going back to, okay, what have we seen? They've actually played somebody. And based upon the teams they played and how they performed against those teams. Pitt, Pitt gave, Pitt, aside from Alabama, Pitt gave, uh, Pitt gave Tennessee the game. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's why people believe in this game and think that it will be close. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going with the quarterback in this one. Yeah, like, I, his defense is good, but I'm going to go with the quarterback and his weapons at home, especially in this one. And I think it's going to be within seven points. I believe. Okay, that. I believe but they cover. But they cover the three. They cover the yeah. three. Yeah. See, see, D Rock Irish, who is a wonderful member of the chat, says North Carolina 31, Pitt 28, which means he's saying it's a push, baby. Vegas is calling a push right here, right? Vegas. It's going to be three points yeah. exactly. Nobody wins money. And uh, yeah, that's what Vegas wants. But that's uh, it's interesting, man. It's going to be an interesting football game. Sean, last thing we want to talk about before we get into a few of the mailbag questions, we're going to keep it a little bit short today because, again, Ryan's got to drive to Syracuse after this, right? So I got a little drive ahead of me here. I so so every week Brian Driscoll posts a upset picks by the staff for the week of college football, Sean. A lot of interesting games, which I think gives you a lot of opportunities for I think it gives you a lot of opportunities for some upsets this week. There were a couple games that I was looking at and I was kind of like, huh, that's an interesting one. I was thinking about that one. I was Maybe going to pick another. There was so many games that I was looking at because I'm pulling up where we have the upset picks of the week. So, for instance, here, before we give our upset picks of the week, Brian Driscoll had Nebraska over number 17, Illinois. Wow, if you talked about that one with him, Sean, that's that's disrespectful, man. That's disrespectful right there. But (laughs) Brian had Nebraska over number 17, Illinois. Not going to say Sean's pick because he's on the podcast with me. Vince had Louisville over number 10, Wake Forest. That would be a massive victory for Scott Satterfield. Sean Styers had Missouri over number 25, South Carolina. That's one that I was looking at, Sean, because I just – South Carolina's playing uh, five and two right now. They're playing pretty good football, surprisingly, under Shane Beamer. But I think that's got to end at some point. Then Andrew McDonough had Northwestern over Iowa. Iowa's 11-point favorites in that? Oh, take those points. Whatever the under is, take that one too, man, because that's two atrocious offenses. Uh, that's another conversation, though, Sean. I'll start with mine because I went a little more of an under-the-radar game and you went a little more national prevalent type of football game. I have North Texas over Western Kentucky. Western mm. Kentucky is a 10-point favorite. They're playing good football this year, by the way. Austin Reed, the transfer from West Florida, has been tremendous at quarterback for Western Kentucky. Kind of – He's, he's he kind of started back off where uh, where Bailey Zappi left the Western Kentucky program. North Texas, though, they play some good offense there. Austin Ani, who's a former minor league baseball player, has been good. Regardless, I might bet on this game because I might take those 10 points, man, because that's a lot, I think, in this football game. But I'm going to take North Texas to upset Western Kentucky as 10-point underdogs head into Western Kentucky. But like I said, that's a little more of an under-the-radar game. You had one that has a little more national prevalence. What was your upset pick of the week? Which is crazy because everything that's happened this week, specifically with what happened pregame and the last matchup they had last week with freshmen and being suspended, I'm actually going to go with Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies upsetting Ole Miss. I think defensively, what they do and how they pressure the quarterback is similar to what LSU, LSU was able to do to get Ole Miss out of their comfort zone. And I think their defense can do the same thing. It's just a matter of whether or not they can put up enough points. You know, I was looking and I was saying, you know what? I think Jimbo gets it done. I don't think if, – if they lose this game, this season at Texas A&M could really go off the rails. Because they're three and four, right? They're three and four. They're bad right now. They're bad, yeah. You know, you got freshman chiefing before the game and on the road and all type of stuff. It's like, this thing can go really off the rails. I think they circle the wagons. 
I think their defense is good enough to make this one close, and they end up with the win. That's that's interesting. That's the way I'm going to go with this. It was tough finding an upset pick this week. That was it? Was it? That Northwestern is a darn good one, though. That's a darn good one. I really didn't think about that at, one. At least, at least to cover, right? 11 points Ooh, to 11 Iowa? Points. Can they put Ooh. up 11 points? I mean, they could, I mean, they, they could conceivably win like 11 to nothing, <laughs> if we're being honest. But Tyler Evans. Oh, could happen, man. It could happen. I mean, literally, Iowa won a game this year. What was it? Seven to three in which there wasn't a touchdown scored against South Dakota State. Like, ugly, ugly football right this year. But Tyler Evans put a super chat in. Thank you so much, Tyler, for this very game. He asked if we could talk about Ole Miss versus Texas A&M and who wins, guys. And obviously, Sean just gave it a little little away there, Tyler. He has Texas A&M in the upset. I'm going to go with Ole Miss in this football game, though, Sean. I just think... After their ended, after they fell apart against LSU last week, I just think that they're going to come back and they're going to play better football. I like a lot of what Ole Miss has. I think Ole Miss has better defensive players than that they showed last week against LSU for the entirety of that football game. I think Jackson Dart's been too up and down at quarterback. He needs to be more consistent. But that running game with Zach Evans and Quinshawn Junkins has been good, man. It's been good. So I'll take Ole Miss in that football game. But that is Sean's upset of the upset pick of the week has Texas A&M taking out the Rebels. All right. And with that, Sean, that's going to end our college football preview for this week. So we're going to get into the mailbag next. Before we do, if you could please like, share, subscribe to this podcast, hit that notification bell. If you're listening to us on one of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Thank you so much. It goes a long way to supporting us. Also join the message board, boards.irishbreakdown.com. But we're going to get into the mailbag here next. But thank you for tuning in to this section of the Irish Breakdown Podcast.